This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome. This is Garden of Sound brought to you with thanks to Mint Finance. Business loans made easy. Today on the show, Sexbeard. Formed just a handful of years ago, this fearless foursome have carved a niche into the Christchurch rock scene with their energetic and frenetic live shows. Made up of Mark Simons, Phil McKello, Casey Mackay and Sam Taylor, they've just released their latest single, Undress for Success, accompanied by a killer video and heavy marketing campaign. But does the good time vibe of the band enhance or detract from what Sexbeard could potentially achieve musically? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sexbeard on 96.9 Plains FM. And a very good afternoon to uh, Phil McKello and Mark Simons. Uh, 50% of Sexbeard, which in itself is an interesting uh, name. Now, uh, we're missing today... Casey Mackay and Sam Taylor, that's correct? Yes, that yeah, is yeah. correct. Now, Sam, we have had on the Garden of Sound couch before, and I believe uh, Sam, who plays bass in Sex Beard, he was, the, uh, he was the one responsible for coming up with the name. Is that correct? Uh, there's a bit of folklore around that, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yes, I think so. We, we basically were going to be involved in Battle of the Bands, and we hadn't played together as a group before. Um, we were practicing, having a bit of fun, and then um, we decided, hey, let's just go for it. Let's go and play 15 minutes at Battle of the Bands and see what can happen. And we thought, well, we need a name. We'd had a few beers at the time and we started thinking of stupid names. Um, yeah. I somehow got onto the subject of terrible euphemisms for um, women's various down women's downstairs, downstairs yeah, uh, regions. Yeah. And um, yeah. that this particular uh, euphemism came out and um, for some reason, I'm not sure quite why, but I'm pretty sure it was Sam that then just wrote that on the uh, registration form. Yeah. And yeah, the rest is history, as they say. What did you play in that Battle of the Bands comp? Um, I think we played, um, oh, what was it? Uh, Hey Baby Hey. Um, Original tracks. Original tracks. It was all original stuff. stuff. I think we played, I think we may have played one cover. I can't remember what we played. Maybe Pixie's cover. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was about three or four original songs. Essentially, you had about 15 minutes to try Mm. and impress the judges and... I think that time, it wasn't, maybe not the first time, but at least the second time we played in Battle of the Bands, we got through to the regional finals. Regional so finals, yeah, which was right, good, yeah. Which was pretty good, yeah. Gave us a little bit of um, impetus to keep going, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kudos too, yeah, yeah. which yeah, is good. good. All right, I want to rewind a, a number of years and start off with you, Phil. Now, you're the, you're the drummer in the band. Yes. You're, you're the Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> or couldn't other, look, yeah, couldn't yeah, look yeah, further yeah. from the truth around yeah, yeah, yeah. Or other, <laughs> other drummers of note um, When was the first time that sort of music entered your life As a, as a little one maybe Well I'd say like uh, music entered my life real young Because my mother she was into theatre So I used to go and sit backstage And watch her do all the theatrical plays And be in the makeup area Or sitting back in the bleachers While they did all their practicing And I guess that's where music Really came into my life Is this in Christchurch or No this is um, up north In Pukekoe Pukekoe Yeah Yeah. And um, yeah It started from there And I really haven't Turned back Hey, Any musicals of note Anything you can remember Uh, Oliver Twist Of course Yeah yeah She was in in that And that kind of 
always stuck with me for ages. So you've got a sound and a feeling and a and a vibe. Um, did that sort of continue at home? Was it sort of music theatre or was there a bit more popular music going on? I suppose like the the records that were played through home and stuff were kind of like the Bee Gees, Tina Turner and... Made the soundtracks like the Ghostbusters soundtrack and Ray stuff Parker like that. Jr. Yeah, Amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, those things were kind of played in the background throughout my life and prints and stuff like yep. that. So I suppose yeah, it's always really stuck with me. And throughout you know primary school and stuff like that, did like singing comps and yeah, just kind of stuck with me. Music it was music, yeah. Talking about singing, I'm going to jump over to you, Mark. Um, mm. Same story, music. When did that uh, enter your life or become a become a thing? Or when Ooh. did you realise? I mean, obviously, my, my, my family is quite musical. Um, my grandmother is a tra- trained opera singer and she she actually sung with, with people like sort of, um, Dame Malvina Major yep. and those sorts of things. Um, she We found recently like a an old acetate recording of her singing on the radio back in the 19... 19- 30s or 40s wow. early 40s um and she is an incredible singer my is she aunt, still with us yeah she's still around she's still kicking um 80 late 80s early 90s yeah. um and she so she's she's obviously an incredibly talented singer my aunt then followed her into um, musical theater kind of similar to, to phil's mm-hmm. phil's mum and phil's yeah. story it's mainly my father's side of the family that are, that are quite musical um and and so i kind of pick that up no i never really pursued music um i taught myself guitar and i taught and i really never thought considered myself a singer um i wasn't terrible at it but i was by no means you know like a star at school or anything like that or I, you know i didn't do choir or anything along those lines but um it was just a chance that you know i think when we got involved in this band and i it was mainly around the fact that i wanted to play some guitar in front of other people as opposed to just doing it in my bedroom. Um, and that's kind of how Phil and I originally connected through music. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, who's going to sing for us? And I was like, well, all right, I'll do it because everyone else was like, nah, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> so I picked it up. Where did you meet this reprobate, Phil? <laughs> oh, mate. Um, when I when I moved to Christchurch, I uh, was hanging out with a certain group of people. And um, that makes it sound really well, bad. Well, it's, it's not. It's not bad. But you know, <laughs> like uh, we all we all kind of migrated from the North Island to the South Island together. And one of our mutual friends, Aaron, was moving back to Christchurch and buying a house and stuff like that. And he said, "Oh, why don't you come down spend Christmas with us one time?" And I was like, "Oh yes, wait." And then uh, it was at Aitmans, I think I met uh, this fellow when he was when he was in the in the radio scene. And uh, he was down there with his lovely wife, Lily, and friends and stuff like that. And we all kind of bumped into each other and we were all like, hey, how's it going? And stuff like that. And So and, did you um, kind of fall into um, sort of a ready-made scene for yourself? Because often people say that Christchurch is quite an insular place to get into. Funny you should say that. Uh, the same person I was talking about, Aaron, um, his cousin is Steve Fowler. He's a um, great man. He's um, Clevetown Studios. And he was, um, at the time, they were looking for a drummer for their other band called the Roadcats and um, kind of just fell into that when I pretty much landed on the ground in Christchurch and I was straight into it, like straight off the back. Fantastic. So, um, circa, what, how long ago is this? When did this happen? 
What's Roquettes, 2012? Yeah, 2012. So I, wanted, oh, I just want to take a step back. Um, both of you, there's uh, an impressive sort of music theatre heritage. Um, obviously, you know, vocals was always going to be something for you, Mark. But when did the drums kick in for you, Phil? Uh, high school. Yeah? High school was for me, yeah. yeah. Um, it was, I was similar to Mark, you know. I was like playing in the music music room and just like jamming out on the guitar and stuff. And then um, the mate jumped on bass and... We're all kind of scrolling around looking for a drummer, and there's yeah. no one that was going to actually step up to the plate. And it wasn't until um, the drummer from Michael Jackson's band came to came to high school, and he like put the uh, drums out in front of the hall, and he goes, "Have a go on this." And I was like, "Oh yeah." So it's like I picked up the four four beat, real real simple and easy, and he was like, "Oh yeah, sweet, this is pretty cool." And then ever since then, I've kind of a uh, Held on to the drums like a like a like a like fate really. Yeah. Are you an MJ fan of his music? My uncle was a huge push on that because he he loved him so much. So kind of on road trips and stuff, it was kind of plugged into your ears quite frequently. But I wasn't a huge MJ fan, but just the fact that you know this person had cracked it and um, yeah. was a huge influence. It's just like man, if this dude can do it, surely I can squindle along my way mark you talked about sort of uh, no formal vocal tuition mm. as it were mm. um you'll you'll hear that when you hear the um the music <laughs> that we but, play but not what <laughs> what's interesting in what i have heard of sex beard thus far mm. and it's interesting that you i go once again back to the theatrical nature of your sort of formal musical upbringing <laughs> is there's a lot of show going on oh, in yeah. sex beard yep there's yep. a there's a lot of performance. I mean, is this just just something that's you know wanting to come out um, or needs oh, to? I think it's a born out of just being just wanting to have a whole bunch of fun. Like we've never really treated this hugely seriously. Like I mean, it's it's kind of it's been quite um, eye opening when we actually start getting you know a whole pile of people along to one of our gigs or you know we ended up on nationwide radio get someone playing our song or something like that you know it's always quite shocking to us because this whole thing started with us you know it was me and phil originally just deciding that we could play you know you were going to play you were playing drums drums. by yourself yeah yeah two hours a night (laughs) on a wednesday and you're like well it'd be quite good to play with someone else else, so i come in and start having a jam and then all of a sudden we've got a whole band and we're we're trying to practice covers and then it kind of evolved from there or devolved depending on which way you want to look at it yeah then we created our own originals band it was always born out of just a bunch of guys just you know wanting to release their musical urges and talent and in in, in some sort of way so that was pretty cool you talked a lot about uh covers or at least starting off in that um so i want to sort of jump on to influences at least there's a very sort of like straight ahead rock and roll um kind of sound for for sex beard any groups that sort of stand out in particular that you think uh you attend to yeah i mean we, we, we kind of talk about our, our writing process sort of often starting from a from a, a central riff a lot of those um mid 2000s sort of kiwi bands that have got quite a high influence on us like the datsuns the d4 bands like the hives you know this um yeah you know, they're scandinavian or whatever they are um you know those sorts of really guitar forward um garage rock type garage, yeah. punky um bands were, were kind of a because you know 
lots of power cords, which is great for me. Um, and also, you know, just driving upbeat. fun, upbeat, hard yeah. rock that we just love to love to play. And everyone can kind of jump on board with it, and, and it can the songs everyone can, can start just evolving. Bounce around however they feel, and you don't really have to dance. You can just be active, and you feel that straight away from the you know the upbeat of of, of the songs. You know, yeah. any yeah. particular tracks from those groups that we could hear right now? I reckon um, probably one that we can probably all agree on as a band, including the two members of that here, would be um, MF from Hell um, by the Datsuns. Indeed. Any particular reason why? Oh, just they're just a huge influence, and they're just you know they're a bunch of guys that probably kind of started in a similar way, and yeah. they just you know they and they've got their drive, you know, yeah. the driving sound behind them as well, which gets you up and pumped, you know, for a good night. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs>
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sexbeard on Plains FM 96.9. We're going to move into uh, gigs and concerts and, and stuff. And Phil, I'll kick off with you. Um, first big gig that you went along to that some money was paid yeah. potentially uh, for you to see. Well, the first ever gig or concert that I ever went to was uh, with my mother, unfortunately. But it was cool. Um, was the Alanis Morissette and garbage Amazing. and garbage Get out of here, and garbage, and garbage. Really yeah sick. yeah that's cool so um oh, it was when um with Taylor Hawkins was the drummer for Alanis Morissette so that ah. he was a massive influence for me as well okay so it was it was great to see him up on stage and uh, be playing it, well my uh, my favorite of course as you ought to know only because it's got Dave Navarro and Flea playing on it yeah, yeah. i just you know it's a i mean that was one of the track. i loved that album too yeah. you know i never i never got to see it live but that album was massive and it was just so well produced and yeah the musicianship on that on that album jack little pill was yeah bloody awesome killer yeah. yeah um mark what about you first first a big gig oh first gig i can remember would be me as a very young child going to dire straits at lancaster park yes you're great. another person great. okay how old are you now oh, i'm 35 35 so i would have been about maybe i think i must have been about f young five four or five yep and That's I just remember it. that the thump of the kick drum just pounding through my chest. Yep. And yeah. I also remember getting a Mars bar because I went to the concert and I was like, yeah, that was awesome. Um, but I just remember that thump through my chest of the songs. And, and, I, and I grew up listening, you know, from that point on, I would, I would listen to Dire Straits and, and always have a real healthy respect for their their music as well yeah. okay yeah. going back to the going back to the battle of the bands and, and so on um so when was sex beards first outing or did we play the irishman open mic night oh as yeah a practice before the yeah, battle yeah, of the yeah, bands yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. with simon nunn yep mr nunn yep. yeah. yeah so what was that first gig what was the uh, practice gig like it was pretty crack up you know like wednesday night yep. at a real dive bar Amazing. irish bar yeah the yeah. best it yeah, was yeah. best you know like a bunch of road workers just playing pool and, and yelling at the bands to shut up because they're trying to eat their, their their frozen pizza that they've got from the bar and um they and want make to play pool. Shot. yeah, yeah. And, and, make and the shot. funny thing is we yeah. uh, we were just sitting up top just checking it out really. yeah just checking yeah. out the open mic night uh simon comes up to us and says oh you guys would you guys like to jump on and it was like all four of us are here why not <laughs> did you have yeah. your instruments with you or is this kind of oh, uh, i don't think we did no, we, we just had to jump on what they had on the house yeah. the on house, the house gear yeah yeah it was wow just, cool. just played the three or three or four songs that we knew at that point and we got a good response i thought uh probably would have stood you in good stead for that uh, battle of the bands gig oh yeah yeah uh, gave us a bit of bravado and confidence Indeed. to yeah, go yeah. out there yeah. worst gig uh nightmare gig bad gig <laughs> can we talk about the one in littleton because that yes. place is shut down now yeah yes. go on, what's man. it called hellfire hellfire uh -huh. yeah that was pretty funny um the the lady there decided that halfway through the gig she really wanted to turn a light on behind the stage and um she crawled over all of the gear and then started pulling on plugs and oh. turning switches and then and popped she the blew, circuit she popped the circuit for the whole, whole place whole night yeah everything and, just um, came down yeah and, <laughs> and the funny thing was is that because it was this dive bar in littleton the circuit board was actually in another part of the building that she didn't have access to eventually she managed to get it running again but it was pretty funny and at the end of the night we were just like oh let's just get out of here this is terrible. <laughs> yeah so um how many gigs do you guys reckon you've done thus far 
What do you reckon? In the into the thirties now? Okay. Yeah, late thirties. I mean, we've yeah. been playing. We've been playing out since probably what twenty. 13. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, we don't do a, do it a huge amount, but we do a few a year. So, do yeah. you feel that there's a bit more of a ramp up going on now? At the moment, because we're trying to do the stuff with the single and and releasing that, and so we've you know done a few things in recent months. Probably need to get back into the into the practice room and and into the studio to write some more new stuff. We're probably you know playing out some of the same stuff quite a bit at the moment, but that's just because of the you know what happens when you have a single that you need to release and you know, video clip that you. Video to, clip and all the rest of it to so. make with it, so that kind of sucks up a lot of your time and your yeah. practice time, and you can't just really narrowing it down so that you make everything sweet. You know, what about the Christchurch music community? You talked about um, uh, Simon Nunn sort of wandering up to you and, and so on. What about other other groups that you've sort of hung out with who may have provided support? You know, oh, over the last mate, couple of years. Um, for one, um, we've got uh, Tim Hunt. He's he's awesome. He's part of uh, Tombstone Entertainment. Uh-huh. He's in um, also the Scrooge band yeah uh, we've also played with uh up Ream, fire kiss yurt party yes little fang yeah on fire yeah the streakers uh-huh um pieces of molly yeah a doubtful sound skelter it's, it's amazing what actually you know even though a lot of people talk about the christchurch music scene particularly the, the christchurch rock music scene being pretty dire situation and not many places to play and that sort of stuff the community that is there is really supportive like we've never really struggled to find gigs or anything like that because people are like hey yeah man just come and play with us or i know you because you know this guy why don't you support me when i'm playing in my show and we'll do the same thing to other people you know we'll say hey oh yeah cool man you've got a new up up and coming band sweet jump on board with us you know it's a real sort of um family vibe to it so yeah, yeah. and um, the thing is like um just coming up shortly we're playing with the the wendy's in exile which are new new people to the scene to us you know and it's pretty cool that they're willing to jump on board you know just by asking and have you guys tried to jump on the funding train for videos or uh, or singles or thereabouts um, I think there's quite a large criteria that you have to go through yeah. to get those fundings. What I'm really driving at is, and you talk about uh, Christchurch uh, supporting each other in the, the rock scene at least, there doesn't seem to be that much uh, rock in New Zealand. And when I say rock, uh, there seems to be there's a bit of a sort of a metal kind of thing going on. Um, and there's a bit of an alt mm. kind of thing mm. going on. But... Um, apart from Pieces of Molly, mm. um, uh, those other bands haven't really achieved much sort of prominence. Uh, yeah, I mean, we take we take a lot of um, heart from some of the more recent bands that are starting to come through and getting some, you know, commercial radio airplay like Dead Favors and Skinny yes. Hobos. Yep. Mm. Um, yep. Skelter got a good amount of airplay on New Zealand radio before they went to Australia, Australia okay. and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. You know, um, I think it's coming back around. Like every music has type has a cycle you know i think we're hopefully coming to the end of a of a pop cycle and and we're going to start to see some more rock bands start to to fill that that space again yeah um yeah fantastic i think it's time for some more music favorite artist or favorite group or favorite song i know it's a difficult one is there a um is there a track you think we could pull out from uh, somebody that uh, sex beard agrees on I think we would probably all agree with Highly Suspect. Uh-huh. Uh, the band Highly Suspect, what was the uh, track? Oh, well, I think that we're all kind of we're pretty fizzing over their latest one that they've just put out onto onto YouTube. Um, it's called Upper Drugs. 
go out, I start searching for the upper drugs When I wake up, I get scared without my counter drugs Fuck
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sexbeard on 96.9 Plains FM. Thanks for being with us today. Garden of Sound is sponsored by Mint Finance. And one of the areas Mint Finance specialise in is providing finance for unsecured loans. Working with Mint is great, not only because they're easy to deal with, but because they can quickly sort out the type of lending that's right for you. Mint can help you with unsecured business loans. If there's no security available, but you have good cash flows and a healthy credit record, an unsecured business loan could be the option your business needs. Obviously, T's and C's apply. You can find out more by phoning 0800 666 or visiting mintfinance.co.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sexbeard on Plains FM 96.9. Um, I want to talk about uh, writing songs and, and production, and obviously this is leading towards uh, your new single, which was out a couple of days ago, Undressed for Success, and obviously there is always a slightly sort of sexy thing going on with Sexbeard, <laughs> understandably, and you've got, you've got a video coming out, but I want to talk about um, the song itself. So how did that get created at least in, in in the written form we we kind of write based off a riff and and um that kind of generally comes from casey our, our lead guitarist and then we sort of flesh it out gel, from there. gel between each other yeah. on um, different type of licks that can run over the original riff and you know i might hear something in a beat and stuff and kind of add a add a beat to it and then kind of that kind of engages everyone else with the bass and everything and it kind of just gels really eh? so are you in a practice room and you're recording it and you take it away and then you come back and now we just play it until we're sick of it yeah just like we probably play the extended half an hour version and then just start working on a structure and then we just piece it together that way and then during this time i'll be standing there going what vibe does this song give me um and well andrew's success i've never ever written down any lyrics for it because it just kind of it just kind of came out and i was like uh, are you saying it's different every time you play it uh, it, it was it when we recorded it yeah. i had to actually go okay well i have to agree on a consistent <laughs> lyrics to actually sing for this now because it's going to be recorded and we're going to do overdubs and all the rest of it so i can't just can sing a different thing every time Okay, um, <laughs> let's talk about production now. While we were listening to uh, Highly Suspect, we got on to um, uh, Anyone Can Do Anything Anywhere uh, these days, especially with a laptop. And I want to posit to you, um, recording rock is difficult. You need mm -hmm. big stuff. You mm -hmm. need amps and you need space and you need drums and all of that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. so how have you guys got the sound that you've got on this record? We did it the sitting room didn't we and um mm. sat down with a whole heap of amps and whole um yeah just whole options that we could have run through and um at the sitting room which is where we did our recordings and our production side of thing with uh Vaughan Gladstone and Josh Petrie a great great team to work with great people to you know coincide they've got a lot of patience and got a lot of information as well to, to feed to you which is all encouraging and and in some ways it makes makes the process a lot easy i just want to talk about social media um the videos just come out to support the the song and we're off for at uh, diner 66 um there's a bit of a bit of a weezer thing going on yeah. there so yeah, 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 obviously yeah. i'd say conscious decision yeah i mean the, if you listen to the lyrics not that i can remember them because i just so they just sort of come out when i sing them but it's kind of like said 
kind of in that sort of that old school 50s style thing where you know you used to go up the hill with your sweetheart and and yeah. get up to various different things and it was kind of like taking that 50s 60s aspect and then putting it to a hard rock you know punky sort of um driving rock sort of sound um and so it kind of made sense in terms of that that we would rip off the Weezer Buddy Holly video to a certain extent um, and just have a bit of fun with it. You know, it was a good opportunity. Um, Dyna 66 were awesome. They came on board and were Shelley like, yeah. was awesome with that, eh? She yeah. was like, yeah. Come and use it for free. We're shut on Mondays. Oh, they're open now on Mondays, but they were at the time shut on Mondays. So they just said, look, you can use it for the evening. And we just went in and did it in about four or five hours, five hours with yeah, a bunch yeah. of volunteers. And it was, it was cool. Really good fun. Uh, yeah. Is this leading on to an EP or an album? Maybe to see. We haven't got any plans at the moment in the works for recording anything, another EP. We've got an EP out, of, already out. On um, Spotify, yeah. We did a couple of years ago, and then we've had a couple of singles, um, including um, Undress for Success, but at this stage we, we haven't really got enough new material yet to consider thinking about another EP at this yeah, stage. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think probably be a good time to hear the single, yeah? Yeah, sweet. Sure thing. Mark and Phil also wanted me to mention Graydon and Pablo, who were producers and editors on the piece, as well as the Southern Bells, Swingtown Rebels, and of course Dave Van Eden from the G-Unit for pre-recording.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Sex Beard on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about sort of uh, big gigs or rewarding projects, things that you've been involved in. Sort of any big band mashups which sort of spring to mind that you think, yep, that was a real sort of valuable experience? Yeah, I'd say um, when we did the summer party, oh, winter party, sorry, the winter party, um, that was great. We got the opportunities to um, play with like a piece of Molly. Um, and uh, skinny hobos. So that was that was a huge like point for me as well. Anything um, you pick up from those guys? A lot of uh, touring information, and you know how to manage stuff around that as well. Also, like when we played up in Hamilton, we played with his master's voice, which was a which was a great thing for me as well. I suppose for me that was awesome. You know, just to be playing next to those guys, it was great. When you talk about learning stuff along the way, um, what has been the biggest learning curve? Has there been something which has just sort of like hit you from out of the blue that you've gone? Click tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While, <laughs> while recording. Yeah, yeah. while recording. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And did you, had, did you use a click track on Andres for success? Um, did we? I can't remember. I think we tried we and then tried. we gave up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we it it felt, felt more natural not, not to have, have it in a. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It does every, feel more natural. We're every recording engineer's worst nightmare. Yeah, right? yeah. We're like, well, can we just do it without a click track? And they're like, but how do we get all the re- the delays and everything sorted? And we're like, oh, just don't worry about it, guys. It's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, how do they do it back in the day? Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. they had better, you know, they had better musicians. But you know, um, I think that that was that was pretty funny. And I think that almost lends a little bit to the to the sound of it yeah. as well. Like we're just getting into the spirit of things and enjoying it. So the it, question so. is, are you you more of an act than a than a group? Are you more of a vibe uh, than a musical experience? Or maybe musical experience is a, a brilliant way to describe. You I mean, guys. I certainly think so. I mean, the, the the name the name helps in terms of people wanting to check us out. They're like, "What the hell are these guys going to play?" Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, let's go and check them out. Um, and oftentimes, if we're playing in support for another band that's a bit more well known or whatever, then that certainly helps our cause. Yeah, and and theirs to an extent as well, because you know people come in a bit earlier to hear us or whatever. But controversially, I mean, I don't think that our recordings necessarily do our our live act justice because we probably haven't really nailed how to make the way we sound on stage come across 100% on that recording side uh-huh. of things. Because, you know, like we, we we just really gel when we're on stage on together. Stage, yeah. And so, it just becomes a different vibe than if you're doing a million different takes in a studio and, you know, overdubbing things and all that sort of stuff. Have so. you, expense to one side, considered doing a live album as as your album i think we have really talked about it yeah before like you know should we have like something like recording in the background while we're up on stage you know i'm talking about the full-blown the whole sh- shebang with like you know the the whole 20 tracks you know yeah yeah going off that would be yeah that would be stunning i just think about you know the the sales and promotional yeah. possibilities yeah. there for I it. think that that's one of the things we've kind of talked about the, the one of our practice spaces is um is um Steve Fowler's um Cleavetown Studios he's got new studios up um in on Cannon Hill Cannon Hill and um he 
can record all that sort of stuff through and USB. USB, and he's got the fancy gears and that sort of stuff there. And we're like, well, yeah, we should do that, but at the same time, we kind of need some people there to be enjoying the show as well because I think that helps us helps with us our energy feed, to feed you know, off them. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. So Definitely. Yeah. I think it's a two-way street, you know. Yeah. Okay, so no immediate plans for the EP or the LP, whether live or recorded. Uh, what about more gigs around the? Um, around the country or even a desire maybe you know a bit of Aussie or something like that that'd be cool I'd, I'd love to I'd love to hit up Melbourne at yeah. some stage just because we've got connections over there that we could possibly tap into that would be that'd be wonderful um, upcoming soon we're doing a gig up in Auckland with um, Bad Jones and the Avondale Spiders and the Vanilla Shakes the Vanilla mm-hmm. Shakes yeah yeah and so, um, yeah. that should be that should be cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone else internationally that you'd like to sort of play under or with? Crikey! I mean, you talked about question. highly suspect yeah, or yeah. or something oh, like mate, that. That, I mean, that would be a dream. Is there any band that's sort of <laughs> apart from them? Any other bands that are sort of doing doing something that you guys uh, think? Yeah. I think that we we always sort of well. Don't necessarily fancy our chances, but we always kind of put our name for it if we can. If there's any sort of touring acts that we want to like maybe open for and things like that. I think if Deja Voodoo were to to come back on the scene, we would try and see if we could get in there with them. Um, The Darkness was another band that came not too long ago that we were like, oh, imagine if we could open for them, that'd be a dream come true. Even Head Like a Hole. Head Like a Hole. Mm. That's a big choice. Um, But, you know, it's. you know, we'll see what happens because with our whole, you know, time we've been together, we've kind of just had some of these really awesome things happen, and it's when you least expect it. Um, and so you just roll with the punches, and and you know, I think one of the coolest was when we we wrote our song um, "Waka Changi Baby," which was about the the beer Waka Changi. And um, Lee Hart heard it, who's obviously on um, Hodaki Drive and and uh, also owner of Waka Changi Beer, and we got interviewed on nationwide radio and they played that that track i'm out, not surprised which was, it's a brilliant advertising which was opportunity pr- i mean absolutely and, and you know playing um, it prime time facetiously we kind of did uh you know wangle it around a way that uh, would help us maybe get some publicity and exposure for it but it worked and you know how it was pretty cool and exciting to be up there and and to get interviewed by those guys and definitely a butterfly that's a pretty big highlight for us yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Any other bands that you sort of feel Sex Beard is um, thankful to? The worst constructed sentence in the universe? <laughs> <laughs> um, Covers-wise, I think that, you know, when we were, you know, we originally came from being sort of a covers band and then we, when we decided to actually play out live properly as, as Sex Beard, we'd made a call that playing originals was our thing, but we still had a couple of covers in there. Yes. And one of those covers was... Um, a slightly more rockier and upbeat rendition of um, Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. We kind of just destroyed that song and just made it really crazy and, and grungy grungy and, yeah. and out of control. And, um, and yeah, that was probably one of the songs that we, I think, would be a good one to play. Fantastic. Guys, Phil, Mark, nice. lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Sweet. Yeah. Try to 
time for my track of the week. I'm doing the round, so to speak, on the top five for the Silver Scroll this year. And today's track is from the Avondale Bowling Club. This is Years Gone By. Another tree down and pass the time While I watch a lifetime pass me by Looking back on old days, glossy eye Watching years go like my auntie's mom We used to sit up in the car parking round Now a night like that, it's hard to find Looking back on old times, I can't rewind Talking to my old friends, they aren't alive No more the years gone by Talking about years gone by Nah, let's take it all the way back to 84 Let's hear it for the boy plaguing through the wall Let's hear it for the boy crawling on the floor In an old Willie in the state hall He walked in 85, he ran in 86 We flew from a kingdom united into a land In 287 we settled in 88 We moved into a place called Avondale First day in school in 89 It was me, myself and I Cause my mother couldn't find my baby brother Must have lost him like that time at the supermarket Five candles on my Donatello cake Celebrate life, sell a tape up on my hammer tape 1990, I was a plumber with a pipe dream Sight of screen, hunting for mushies that were lime green Light speed to 91, it was the year I met this girl and fell in love Her name was Chun and then we jumped, jump, jump And bootleg pump in 92, my drunk dad jumped ship on mom in 93 I won my first fight like a D-O-double-G Still mad at the man, I wanted to be in 94 Got a hiding and I tried to hide But you can't keep running away in 95 so I Try my eyes to all eyes on me, number nine on rewind. Stacking my pocket money up to nine, six, blew it all on six, four. Blew my ocarina loud, swinging sword with the force. 97 hit the core, got slicker with the sauce. The vocal cords dropping, I got slicker with the bros. Figure four and 98, hit the floor in 99. Doing 90s in my class, trying to rhyme on the side way back. When I had that red and black, sworn trying in my master hatchback, traveling back in time. To I'm from that 2001 Moved out of my mom's house Flunked out like a bum 
first year I got some, that was that first year I got sprung <laughs> Next year I got dumped, then that whole year I got drunk That was 02, then 03, my old man got done For some dumb shit, got one year, and that year I got numb Then 05, he got out and got out of it at once Then 06, my homie hung in the park where we all hung Yeah, my shit got fucked up that year, my shit got real rough that year Horse sit on my birthday year, fuck that year, fuck that year It taught me, who the people that can for me From the people that just corny, when the phony homie disown me then call me when he saw me on the cover of some magazine I'm too brother, how you been? Speen a minute, I ain't seen you since we were set the screen and roll in 2007 and it's all a blur from then to 2011 I was on a bender that went on four years long celebrating for the first win I ever got that was the same year LeBron won short run in the long run woke up when the swan sung her song and hit the gong I was gone, they shot me down from the top of the poppy got too cocky that melancholy got me and if it got me, but everybody needs somebody Everybody needs some Whitney So when I met her, I saw the ring Me gave it a ring, then I saw the king Me, that was 2013 We moved out of the city Had about 2014 Problems in 2050 Hit me hard, losing Ziggy But the midi stuck with me Through the dark, then my son came out I called him Quincy And now I watch his eyes, watching mine Watching life on rewind Too divine, too divine In one line, in the same neighborhood I walked in in 89 Raising beers for the cheers Saying here's to the years gone by That's all for today. My guests were Mark and Phil from Sexbeard. You can see their latest video by going to gardenofsound.nz and clicking on their photo on the front page. From there, you can hear most of the songs from the artists mentioned in the program via a bespoke Spotify playlist. There's also details about Sexbeard's gig at the Darkroom tomorrow night. This has been Garden of Sound, presented by Mint Finance. Business loans made easy. Until next week, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hide it up.